Today is our first podcast, and we are honoured to spend some time with Evan Quick, who is Vice Chairman Capella Hotel Group and Head of Design and Hospitality at Pontiac Land Group. Now he's really focusing most of his energy and the team on opening the Maldives' first integrated luxury resort that is set to open in the second quarter of 2021. A few days ago, I had a chance to catch up with Evan and just ask him a few questions about what inspired him to develop not one but three stunning resorts in the Maldives. Good afternoon, Evan. You're such a busy man. As I mentioned, I'm so happy to catch a few minutes of your valuable time today. However, as we build up to the opening of Fiery Islands, we just wanted to pause for a moment as it's our first podcast on the Fiery Islands and explore where it all started for you in the Maldives. I know, Evan, we've spoken a lot about uh, your inspirations and really inspired me to join. Um, I just wanted you to share that with our listeners because it is a, a great story. What really interested me is um, how and why uh, and what inspired you and your family to develop such an innovative project such as Fari Islands in the Maldives, and not just one resort, and then go and take it to an integrated archipelago of three resorts with a marina and a strong social activation. Seems you've had a lot of insights. Perfect. I think this whole idea of, uh, of, of you know, how the Fari Islands came about was kind of, you know, by, by, by chance, you know. Me and my family, we, we, we've loved the Maldives for many years, and we've always wanted to build a hotel there, you know. And so after the few times we've been there for holidays, uh, we would go back, you know, and look at these different islands that were for sale, you know, and um, we go back pretty often. I think it took us, you know, it took over a span of over 10 years before we actually found what we wanted. But it was really the realization that, you know, after you go back to the Maldives time and time and time again, that it really actually is a bit boring, you know, especially if, uh, if, if you're, if the, the, these resorts that you stay in are slightly older generation where, there's not this very comprehensive, you know, diverse array of restaurants and activities, you know, and so, yeah. so it kind of dawned on us that, you know, really we need to, there's a, there's a space in the market for what I want to call Maldives 2.0, you know, and then I think I said, you know, serendipitously, we were shown this reef in North Malayato. So again, very advantageous into the location where we could actually just craft and write our own script. And we came we developed this concept that, you know, if we were able to build a collection of hotels with complementary designs, complementary brands, whatever it is, that it could be quite an interesting concept, which allowed our guests to move between the resorts, patronize the 30 over restaurants that will be available to them, you know, post-completion, all the activities for the children, you know, all that kind of activation experiences. And I think that was really, you know, where it kind of dawned on us that like this would be an interesting concept to conceive in the Maldives because, this idea of the one island, one hotel concept, it is romantic and it is what makes the Maldives unique. But I think as the Maldives develops and people are going more frequently and not going for, you know, an anniversary or a honeymoon, whatever it is, they need, they need, they need things to do and they need more stuff, you know, they need, um, they need more yeah. variety of, of uh, options for, for, to sustain this day. And so, yeah, that's where I kind of think that all this came together and uh, and really kind of conceived this idea of the Fari Island. We were basically, you know, buying a reef, you know, and not an island. And at that point in time, we it was it was kind of like you know, um, it was up to really you about how you wanted to what you wanted to do. And given the size of this reef, you know, it dawned on me that you know maybe we should explore, you know, building more than one hotel. 
you know, and as this idea evolved uh, and started really taking steam, it became clear to me. And of course, we don't know if this is going to work out. Mm. We, have a, mm. we have a hypothesis and <clears throat> yeah. we've master planned it. I think we've selected the right and appropriate brands and partners to help us realize this. I think from an architectural perspective too, each hotel offers a different mm. kind of experience. But we yeah. believe that this variety, you know, the fact that, you know, guests who come to the Fari, whether you're staying at the Ritz, the Patino, or the Capella, have a plethora of restaurants, 30 different restaurants, you know, highly extensive kids clubs at the hotels, you know, a marina village, um, you know, and we just really think that what we're offering, um, you know, at the Faroe Islands is the next generation, you know, of, of molding experience where, like, like, you know, like we, I told you before, if you want the private yeah. seclusion, you have that, you have, you can go swimming naked in your pool if you want. But if you're done with that, you know, privacy and seclusion after day two, you can go to the beach club, you can go interact with other people. And that's when, again, the idea of pooling resources, pooling ideas, working together collectively as a properties where you can do a calendar of events, where you're, yep. you're continuously having people coming in and providing experiences, whether they're culinary experiences, music experiences, whatever it may be, you know, intellectual experiences. And that's where I think the scale of a development like this becomes very difficult to compete with if you are traditional first generation older kind of you know one hotel you know one on one island kind of concept so that's yeah. basically where you know we are today you know mm -hmm. we're, we're very excited about the the the, the property the first two properties opening and that's where it all kind of came about and where it started from fantastic fantastic yeah definitely inspiring considering also that um for, for customers to easily get to from Mali, I thought that was also a great selection in, in finding that lagoon that was accessible. It's a huge plus. When you went through so many architects worldwide to choose from, how did you get to Kerry Hill Architects for the Ritz-Carlton Maldives and what triggered that partnership? How did you find each other? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, Kerry, if you, if you look back on really some of the greatest and best resort, you know, architects and designers, you know, Kerry Hill has to be there you know, along with a couple others, uh, you know, up there at the top, you know, and, and of course, yeah. uh, we've known Kerry and his family for a very long time. And Kerry's son was my sister's classmate in, in high school in Singapore. So they were yeah. close family friends. They've done projects for us at Pontiac Land before. And we just honestly love Kerry. He's a, he's a yeah. great guy, you know, and I think that really the fact that he was in Singapore, his experience in doing hotels and not having to teach him a new kind of, you know, skill in terms of the kind of hotel we want to build, uh, and more importantly, his aesthetic, you know, it really fitted what we wanted. We would wanted mm. to move away from this whole, you know, barefoot luxury, like, you know, wooden floors creaking and along along roofs yeah. and, you know, looking out the window panels and seeing gaps between the stuff that, that th those days are gone, you know, those mm. days are gone. And if you want that, mm. you know, you can go stay somewhere else. But I think mm. that what we tried to bring was this beautiful, you know, minimal, not minimal, paired back, elegant, timeless kind of uh, aesthetic that Carrie brings, the simplicity. Yeah, he brings the design to the Maldives. Yeah, it seems the partnership between you two have been with, with the whole team has been uh, fabulous. Looking from afar, coming in new, and and hearing them speak in the same way uh, about it towards you in terms of they've always thought about Maldives, but was looking for uh, an owner and investor that had the similar vision. And it seems that mm -hmm. the two have definitely collided. They were also speaking about the. The, the architectural integrity and the, what the approach that you've taken. So it seems that you've definitely married well. 
Well, I think um, I think for that, I think for each of the islands, you know, and, and your island in particular, Mark, whether it's you, whether it's Ritz Carlton, yeah. whether it's Kerry, whether it's us, I think collectively, I think, you know, it's a very strong proposition because we each bring value in our different respective fields that collectively mm. is very strong. You know, mm. one thing I must, you know, caution, you know, you with, you know, Kerry's design is very pure and simple and clean, right? But if you don't have the execution ability to deliver that kind of quality and construction, his his design doesn't look good. And if worse still, it'll fall apart. You can see every single defect because it's so clean, you yeah. know? So so it, it was very critical that we, 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 we understood the value of Kerry's design, but of course, understanding too that, and ensuring that we could actually build it in the middle of nowhere in the Maldives. Right. Very important. Very important. And mm. you've paid a lot of attention to that. I've noticed um, in choosing the uh, who, who was constructing it, and also um, the careful selection over a few years of all of the different types of wood and approaches. Uh, and even so far as going to build a villa in Singapore, which I was lucky to visit um, two years sort of before we even got to construct in the island. I thought that was incredible, the work that you've gone to do that. Um, yeah. Thank you. I mean, I think you know we as a family appreciate architecture and design and quality. And, you know, we don't do a lot of projects, but the ones that we do, we want to do them well, you know, and we want to, and we want to do them properly, you know, so hotels, long-term investment, the quality of construction, the detailing of all the kind of stuff is, is critical. Right. And I think it's important that you spend a lot of time and uh, and effort on the front end, on the planning, procurement, design work, before you jump in to to try and go build a hotel, you know, Mm. I'm sure you've seen many experiences where, People get carried away with design or whatever it is. They don't focus on execution and the project becomes uh, a nightmare. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and connected to that is sustainability, which seems to be really deep in consideration during the design process and how uh, those aspects have worked through. Was there anything that you'd like to highlight to me about you know, how that process went through and where, we're, where we are today? Yeah, I mean, I think the Fari for 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 me and my family and the company as a whole, I think it holds true with even the partners we've selected, you know, be it, you know, Ritz Carlton and Marriott or, you know, Capella, whatever it is, is that, you know, sustainability in a place that is as beautiful as the Maldives needs to be, you know, top on your priority list, right? And so yeah. to your point on how we want to deliver, actually physically deliver these these villas and, and buildings, it was very important to approach it in a sustainable perspective. And for us, that way was definitely prefab. Prefab requires, you know, uh, it's using sustainable kind of uh, farmed kind of, you know, wood versus illegal hardwood that you may find in, you know, traditional methodologies. It's much faster and cleaner. So you rely, you're destroying the built environment less. Uh, on top of that, you require less labor because it's it's like a, like Lego. It's a part of, you know, it's, it's like a kit of parts versus having, you know, 2,000, 3,000 workers there, which which is unsustainable. You have to feed these people. You got to build housing for these people. They, they, they produce waste, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I think that the, the, the main sustainable approaches for us was really working with this prefab methodology using BIM technology to design the villas and stuff like that. Of course, solar, if you look on top of uh, on all the villas and, and most of the public spaces, we have, you know, a PV panels. And, you know, that in a nutshell, you know, drives and obviously, you know, creates, you know, energy during the daytime, which then basically is, 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 is used to run the air conditioning, which obviously is, 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 you know, quite in high demand in the Maldives during the daytime. Yeah. And then of course the, the air conditioning system then heats the water supply. So it's like this continuous cycle of, uh, of, of heat exchange and power generation, which 
nothing new, nothing new, no. you know, but I think that it's important to harness the power of, of nature, be it solar, be it, you know, tidal or whatever it is. And so I think for me, the big two things with regards to being sustainable and being sustainable, not forcing it down the throats of our, of our, of our guests by saying, don't wash your sheets or don't do this, don't do that. Mm. But I think from a developer's perspective, you create the most unsustainable things during the build phase. And I think yeah. for us, that was really important to, to really, you know, you know, walk the talk and, and, and deliver on that end. And I think it's definitely, you know, doing the prefab and the solar kind of uh, power generation. Mm. Very smart um, in that sense. And I think, uh, uh, and I like the way that it's incorporated into the, the luxury feeling of the property. And, and I think the luxury customer looks for that, and, but doesn't want to pay the price in terms of their experience. So I think mm-hmm. we're definitely in the right uh, way there. Um, just finally... How do you feel the Ritz-Carlton Maldives will differentiate itself and stand out from the existing luxury resorts in the Maldives? Yeah, I see. I, I see. You know, obviously there's two other you know properties being developed. You know, within within Fari, and then to that point, yeah. as you know, there are many resorts opening. You know, in the Maldives. But when I look at when I step back and I look at what has been designed and conceived for the Ritz, it really is like this beautiful gem. You know, um, and I think that what's going to come across quite clear is not the size of the villa or you know, bragging this about, you know, whatever it is, it's the quality. It's going to be the quality of the materiality. It's going to be the quality of construction. It's going to be the quality of the detailing. It's going to be the quality of the sleep experience. It's going to be the quality of the service from the, from the you know, Ritz Carlton ladies and gentlemen. And I think overall, just a thoughtfulness of, of how, you know, the Ritz Carlton, you know, Maldives has been conceived in, in, in part of this destination, which I think, when you add all these layers together, you know, really differentiates it from most of the competition in the Maldives. And I think that uh, we're excited to see it, it realizing uh, soon. And yeah. um, I just see it as like this little, these little gems, you know, on, yeah. on the water, which is just so pristine. Definitely. I, I appreciate and support that one as well. Thank you much, very much for your time today. I'm sure our listeners will be excited to explore more about Fari Islands soon. Mm-hmm.